Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome to Premier League Daily, your daily fix of Premier League news. During the football season, we're not in the football season right now, but we're still bringing you regular podcasts. And today, it's a little bit of a special one because... Since the news broke at Newcastle that Rafa Benitez would not be renewing his contract, I don't think I've ever seen a reaction to a manager not staying at a football club like I've seen from the Newcastle fans. So we thought we'd do a bit of a Newcastle special, which I'm going to call Trouble on Tyneside. Good bit of alliteration. (laughs) And to do that, we've got our two resident Newcastle fans, Marley Anderson. Hello. Phil Hudson. Hello. And Niall McCorn's here as well, because Niall always likes a little bit of an argument. Oh, I'm not here to stir the pot, Jim. <laughs> I just quite like the way you've introed the uh, the podcast as we're going to do a bit of a special one, you know, with all of these Jose oh. talks. I don't think you realise what you did, Jose there. Mourinho talks, which we'll get to very shortly. But first, let's talk about the reaction from Benitez leaving the club and what that says about Newcastle United at the moment and what it says about Mike Ashley's ambition for Newcastle United as well because this was seen by many the retention of Benitez and bringing Benitez in was the seen by many as the opportunity for Newcastle to kick on a little bit wasn't it yeah it was um i think the ambition for Mike, for Newcastle United from Mike Ashley is for it to continue to make him as much money as possible for as little, little expenditure as possible mm. and to be a vehicle to promote sports direct to several st- key Asian markets for him. I think that's genuinely all he's interested in. And and as a businessman, I kind of understand it to a degree. You know, it's... I don't like it as a fan. It's, it's horrendous. And it's no way for anyone to be a custodian of a football club. But mm. if you think about the investment it would take for Newcastle to go top six, you know, you're talking... We were talking about this yesterday now, 350, 400 million yeah, maybe? at least probably. And it doesn't make you any more money. No. Unless you get in the Champions mm-hmm. League. And even then, is the, the money from the Champions League now significant enough that it would justify that level of investment if you miss? Probably not. So as a businessman, I kind of get where it is. The problem you have is, as we've discovered with two relegations fairly recently, it's a law of diminishing return. Other clubs move forward, you don't move forward, they're catching you up, 
at some point you come a cropper, you go down, and then it's potential financial arm again. And we've been lucky; we've come back up twice straight away. You know, if you look at other clubs, dare I say it's Sunderland. Um, <laughs> and, and there is a Netflix special about it. If anyone's interested, I thoroughly recommend it. Everyone swearing loves, in that. It's good. Everyone loves a comedy. Um, <laughs> other clubs have not come back. Who's going to come in as a world world class manager like Benitez? Who's going to come in? Do you, to, do you want me to read some of the is, names? Some of the names we've got here on the list that are more likely. So Wenger and Ranieri have been pretty much dismissed. Um, but Laurent Blanc, Gattuso, who was most recently at AC Milan, Pat- well. Patrick Vieira and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, who's just left Feyenoord. So they're the four that the Press Association are reporting that could be a likely replacement in terms of I being at, I, a, a I, similar. Do you think anyone the knows thing is, Molly? No, not at all, because... The, we just mentioned before, should he get someone as similar to Rafa Benitez? And the answer is no, because he can get um, a manager. He's not bothered about what he gets. He's bothered about his, what he's paying them. He can get a manager for one and a half million a year. Like, that's all he's looking at. When he when we went down into the championship the last time and Rafa stayed, it was like a blessing. It was a complete luck that he stayed because it, it, we didn't deserve him. he just seen the project. he see what it, what he could do. And he was like, well, hang on, let's just... Let's just get them up and then maybe I'll twist his arm into giving us a bit more money and we can actually push for the top top half of the Premier League. And we ended up 10th uh, last season and then had a, a, probably a better season this season in terms of results and stuff. We finished a bit lower, but the the football was better. Oh, you could see the like potential. Like the, the, the Chelsea game and the win over Man City, you could see the potential that something was being built there. There's always been the potential, yeah, but... Second it's, half of the season, I think I think they would be seventh. If you know, since Almiron came in, second half of the season they were they were fab. They were very good in the second half of the season last year. He tweaked it tactically about January, which made a big difference to them. I want to talk more about managers in a minute because I've got a theory as to the game Ashley might be playing there. But going back to what you were saying about Ashley is a businessman, he wants to make money from the club. That doesn't differ that much to any other owner, does it? We talk about the Abu Dhabi group as wanting to build this amazing football team, the world's best football team in City. But essentially, it's a PR. That's, that's PR. That's yeah, it's more a PR, PR for the regime, isn't it? And you look at Abramovich, and he, he's supposed to have the love for this for Chelsea, but essentially, retaining Chelsea as a football club, owning that is part of his business strategy. So why is Mike Ashley considered so different by Newcastle fans? Because uh, he is running the club as a business. So you've just compared Mike Ashley... To Roman Abramovich and Sheikh Mansour in terms of levels of investment. <laughs> no, not in terms of levels of me, investment. In terms of the way they treat a football club. In terms of they want that the Glazers. Point in case at Manchester United. And I was reading something the other day, and I forget the numbers completely. But essentially, the Glazers have taken much more money out of the club than they have put in over their time. The debt has decreased slightly, but only very They've slightly. Just paid off they, the interest, basically. Paid off the interest. Yeah. So there's. And they, the value of the club's uh, quadrupled, though, under the Glazers. But this is the thing. This is this is well, how they're, they're this... driving the football club forward. I'm not saying they're not getting stuff wrong. No, but there's no bloke who's gone to Man United who couldn't say that the Glazers haven't supported them in the transfer market. You know, Abramovich changed the Premier League by yeah. levels of investment. Mansoor the same, and those. Ownerships are largely about soft power yeah. with Abramovich so he doesn't mm. get bumped off or anything like that. The way I see it, it's like owning a football club is like owning a super yacht in the south of France it's not going to make you any money it's a luxury item owning a football club is a luxury item football clubs do not make you money which is why it's extremely rare to have an owner like Mike Ashley who is extremely tight in the pocket 
because that's not what you see amongst football club owners, generally speaking. Football clubs are run with losses. That, that's how football clubs are run. They, they make losses. That's, yeah. that's the way it is. Mike Ashley is different because he keeps the money for himself. He keeps it in his back pocket. We, you know, we, Glazers use United as a cash machine. Ashley's done the same we, with Newcastle. We make profit. We make quite a lot of profit, but largely our profits have come under Ashley from a reduced cost base, not from increased revenues. So, you know, match day revenue's down since he took over slightly. Commercial revenues haven't increased. Football's exploded in the last, you know, 15 years in the Premier League. We, he's been here for 12 years. Com- our commercial revenues have not increased in that period. We make less money from sponsorship than, than we did then, which is just insane when yeah, you think about the exposure opportunities to, in the Premier League. He just wants to push his own stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a toxic direct, brand now. It doesn't bring us any money because it's, it's him promoting himself. Yeah. He wants to do it as a showcase, but... Those, I mean, those outside brands haven't come what in. What I'm kind of hinting at is that Abramovich and Abu Dhabi Group and whoever they might be, other people who run football clubs as businesses, kind of generate this cover story, this cover story of ambition, which Mike Ashley hasn't done. And Benitez was his potential cover story. By retaining Benitez at the club and by investing a relatively small amount, be that 50, 60 million quid, that could have potentially been enough to placate the Newcastle fans rather than generate what would appear to be the verge of civil war. I, I don't think Ashley wanted to keep in ears. So if you look at the, his, the managerial appointments we've made under Ashley, generally speaking, they've been guys who've been desperate for the job or very grateful for the job. Yes, so man. McLaren, coming from basically obscurity at the time, he'd been at Derby County and they'd sacked him. Mm-hmm. And then he's all of a sudden the manager of Newcastle United. Pardew had been sacked by League One Southampton. You know, Joe Kinnear had been out of football for how long? Chris Hutton had been promoted from assistant, Carver promoted from assistant. These guys were all really grateful to get the job. Mm. Really grateful. So they would toe the line. Ashley could control them. He could retain his sort of bullish demeanour with them. Benitez isn't like that. Benitez doesn't need Newcastle United. Benitez is a world-class manager with a gold-plated CV. And as such, he will not be controlled like that. His press conferences um, are much, much more political. He understands how to play the fans. He understands how to get his message across without, you know, he's a very clever guy. He was putting he pressure not, on the owner, wasn't he? He will not be bullied. And as Ashley has found out and Newcastle have found out, but he doesn't just walk away. He's not, he's not, he doesn't need it. He could go to China next week and triple his salary. He doesn't, he doesn't need Newcastle. He'll get a job tomorrow. So what you're saying, Phil, and you're saying, Marley, is basically the problem at Newcastle United is Mike Ashley. Nothing is going to change Correct. until yeah. Mike Ashley 100%. goes. So is there anything... I mean, there's talk of fan protests, which occasionally work in football. We saw it have some impact on West Ham and their transfer policy. We had some impact on Liverpool and their ticket prices over the last couple of seasons. Would any kind of fan protest motivate Mike Ashley to leave that club? Absolutely. I I can't see anything we can do, really, to get a message through to him. Like, I mean, we could stay away in, in thousands, but Won't make a difference. there was a couple of years ago where, where there was a genuinely, like, properly organised, like, right, let's everyone walk out and not go. Um, and the attendance was still, like, 30,000. And, like, uh, yeah, that's 20,000 down, and that's, like, a, that's a big number, but 30,000 in the stadium as well, like... It's yeah. more than it's, most clubs in the Premier League get anyway. Bournemouth yeah. don't get that, and you, you, they, they can sell out. The they only, not a stadium that big. The only thing that will change and get Mike Ashley out is if someone rocks up to St James's Park or Newcastle's offices or wherever his office is in London with a briefcase full of cash and it's got 350 million quid in the briefcase. That's the only way, and probably more, because the man is so stubborn. We've seen it over, what has he been there, 12 years now. The stubbornness has not gone away. 
And as Phil described him as bullish, I mean, you could go beyond that. He's extremely stubborn. He's like a he's like a weed at that football club, where the roots are so deeply entangled. It's impossible to get him out. Weed killer, you kill the leaves, but the roots stay there. That's what he's like. You need to find a way to uproot him. And the only way you're going to uproot him is if someone rocks up with a, a hell of a lot of cash and buys the football club off of him. But the problem is, is where are you going to find these people? Well, that, that's the issue. Be, there was supposed to be this takeover that had 350 million quid. That seems to have gone very quiet. A, a cynic might suggest that that was a <laughs> orchestrated PR stunt to get Newcastle yeah. fans to take their eye off the ball. Now, the, the latest report is it'll take six weeks to conclude the... Uh, the takeover now. I mean, oh, I don't know if you look at a six-week <laughs> calendar, but I'm pretty sure that takes you to transfer deadline day. Mm. <laughs> um, and and this isn't a new sort of lament for Newcastle fans. Amanda Staveley, Peter yeah. Kenyon, these these things all seem to come out of the woodwork around about a transfer window, and then at the end of the at the end of the transfer window, we're told, oh well, the takeover meant we couldn't invest capital into players, and it's not as I say, it's not a new sob story for, from from Newcastle fans. This has been going on for for ages, and yeah, the, we we talked a while ago, um, some of my friends in Newcastle and I about would you accept losing Rafa if it meant getting rid of Ashley, and the overwhelming response was yes, yeah, because the yes. only way Newcastle United will move forward as a football club is without Mike Ashley. Yeah, well, the club's formally been up for sale since October twenty seventeen. And like and you say, there's Stavely, well. there's Kenyon. The I mean, uh, that was what, the second what, time it went on, wasn't it? What yeah, does so. that say about Mike Ashley's patience? Now, I was reading a report earlier saying Mike Ashley's patience finally snapped with the Benitez camp and so he just didn't offer him what he wanted. Yep. And we've seen Mike Ashley's patience with Kenyon, with Stavely. I mean, what, I mean, what does he is, want like, out of it? If, if, I, if I had a sandwich for sale and I put a for sale price on it and it was a ham sandwich and I wanted a tenner for it, like yeah, it's for sale, but no one's actually going to buy it, are they? Because no, there's, there's hidden things. It's not. It's yeah. not like yeah, it's up for sale, but also he wants certain things. And, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of, of that, but I don't think three hundred fifty million is an outrageous price for a club of Newcastle's stature in the current financial climate of football. It's about right, isn't it? So I'd say it's, it's about, about right. Fair. I think it's so about the big right. question is why is no one buying it? You know, if you if you take out if it's a business that's turning a profit, turns, just from a business point of view, if you with, look at the numbers, the kind of turnover it generates and the potential to increase revenues, because they are there, as I've mentioned before, about things like commercial match day revenue stuff like that. Why is no one buying it? And the shake, it all felt a bit public. Same with Stavely. Mm. I don't think Stavely had the money, to be perfectly honest. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Is there? An element of people like the Sheikh, for example, they're buying a football club as a status symbol, as Niall said earlier. But Newcastle United, over the last decade, has kind of been sullied a little bit as a status symbol. It's a massive club in a massive city. It's a one-city club. It's got an amazing stadium. But associations with brands like Sports Direct wage... Water it down as well. Yeah, like payday loan companies, betting companies. It kind of doesn't... It's not the sexy brand. It's not the sexy Newcastle it once was. No, it's not. But I don't think they really care about that part of it. I think it's more about establishing a political power base and it is a global brand. Mm. There's there's no getting away from that. But also, the numbers just make sense. At 350 million, the number, it doesn't feel like a ridiculous sum of money when you look at what Southampton were part sold for and things like that. It, it feels about right. Um, that being said, no one seemingly come up with a, a serious, serious bid to get him out. What'll happen, as and when the bid becomes really credible, it'll just get done quietly, very, very quietly. And um, 
and then you know we wake up one day and we've got new owners. That's the, that's the that dream. Day. That's the dream. <laughs> Assuming cannot wait for it, that day. It's actually for the time being. You need a new manager in place. The favourite is currently Jose Mourinho, which is laughable. Absolutely now, laughable. Now you you say you can't see Jose Mourinho as a possibility. Marley was saying yesterday that he thinks Mourinho is a name that might come to St James's Park. Now he's pulling a face that suggests he might have changed his mind. Yeah, because when so when we had this conversation yesterday, um, it was in the morning, and it was there. There was there's always been a link between Mourinho and Newcastle through Sir Bobby Robson because he he was his interpreter in the early nineties when he was at Barcelona, followed him to Benfica and Porto and things like that. Um, and it was in when Bobby came back to Newcastle, and he wanted Jose Mourinho to come and be his assistant. And he said, "You you be my assistant when I retire. You've got the keys to the castle. That's your way into management." And Mourinho said that he couldn't take the job because Bobby wouldn't walk away from his hometown club. Mm. So he decided to launch his own managerial career, and well, fair enough, it was a pretty decent decision by the by his record since then. We got John Carver as well, so it was a good trade. Yeah, we got Carver, <laughs> yeah, and he's the best Premier League manager ever, isn't he? So, um, but then last night there was an interview on um, the coach's voice from Jose Mourinho, and this is what he said: "What I want the general profile of a next club to be is I have to play to win." Then if I don't win, that's my problem. I need a project where the feeling is I play to win. If someone gives me a wonderful 10-year contract and told me the objective of the team is to stay in the top half of the table to finish 7th, 8th or 9th, then that's not for me. My next job is to fight to win. Yeah. So he has to be at a top This club. was a statement before Benitez left and before he was linked to Newcastle. But I suppose what you're saying is that's a description of Newcastle United. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly well, what we want and that's exactly what Jose does not want. The so it's, well, let's, and, let's add to that. It says here, a series of names have already been linked with a vacancy, although sources close to Jose Mourinho have distanced the former Chelsea, Inter, Real Madrid and Manchester United boss from a post once occupied to such popular acclaim by his mentor, Sir Bobby Robson. I think that's, that's all linked to that. That's from a press yeah, he's always, been very, yeah, he's always been very positive about the club when he's spoken about Mourinho, but I just, I just don't think it's realistic at all. If we had the owners who wanted to go and challenge, he'd be like, right. Yeah, I the, see the that. connection's there, the money's there, the structure's there, the fans are there, the stadium's there. That sounds like a good project. But with Mike Ashley there, he's thinking they just want to survive. There's no difference between 7th and 17th for Mike Ashley, and there is to everyone else um, because the it doesn't bring you Champions League money. It just brings you a couple of million extra. Uh, per place in the Premier League, and that's a lot of money to a lot of owners. Yeah, but not to him. It's just staying that, in, isn't he's it? He's already that's, got yeah, millions from existed. selling Slazenger yeah, socks yeah. from the last ten years or whatever in, <laughs> in sports. I need some new Slazenger socks, actually. And uh, a big mug. Don't buy him from there. Phil, you were saying that you quite like the idea of Bruno Genesio from I Leon. Mean, yeah, I think if you look at his record, I think that's the sort of coach who would appeal to the club hierarchy. You know, he's he's kept he's put Leon in the Champions League this year. He's made £100 million in profit in transfers in the last two years. Um, and it looks like Ndombele's set to go to Spurs, yeah, which will be so even more. Fun. That'll be even more money, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So from that perspective, he's, you know, he ticks a lot of boxes for how Newcastle want to operate. He signs young players and sells them for a resale value, which is which was previously the sticking point. He's available, so he won't cost any compensation because he's left Leon. Um, so, and and it, that feels like someone they could go out and get. Six or seven years ago, I wrote an article about how everyone said it was a poison chalice, mainly Paul Merson. Said it was a poison chalice. It was who would go up there, da, 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 all this carry on. I still think, in spite of the fact that Mike Ashley's a complete buffoon, that it's a relatively attractive job, but it's not a relatively attractive job to a Premier League manager. Mm. But in Europe, a lot of clubs work within this model. Mm. It's it's not unheard of. You know, Leon are a perfect example of club who buy young, sell, buy again. 
you know, those those sort of clubs exist. And Ajax, they they don't they don't spend fortunes. They develop their youth. They buy good young players, and and they expand and and do better. So I don't think it's as unattractive job to a European manager who's happy working under a director of football model than than possibly but it's it could be more thought. unattractive, isn't it? Because of the way Benitez has walked out of this, because he feels like he's had broken promises. He hasn't had those written assurances on control over transfers and investments that he wanted, and that's going to make it more and more difficult to attract those bigger names, be they hot prospects or be they existing it, managers with Premier League pedigree. It, it absolutely is, but. Most of those guys work under those conditions now. The guy at Leon, Orlis, the owner. Very little. He's bonkers. You know, he, he dictates transfer strategy at that football club, much in the same way that, say, Daniel Levy does at Spurs. The, the, the manager doesn't have full autonomy. And there are countless clubs around the continent that will be in a similar boat. So you're not asking someone like a Dinesio to sign up for something he hasn't worked under before. With Benitez, his desire was to work in a different way to how the club wanted. And he was big enough to say, that's not for me. Whether you can talk about fractured trust and things like that. Well, the Leon the one. Leon owners owned that club since 1987. Yeah. So if you're talking about um, uh, someone who's been, like I was saying, describing earlier, like uh, you know, a weed with the roots embedded in the club. Oh, he, I, mean, I mean, he's, he's been there for and decades. He, and literally, if you and Leon Leon aren't financially in a great place, are they? So that's why they need to sell the players. That's but, why they've needed to to change so much. But they, but they, you know, they're in the Champions League. They're playing in fifty. They've got a sixty thousand seat stadium that's relatively new. That they're they're a, they're a proper club. Yeah. And they've got some proper players. In terms of Ashley's strategy here in appointing a new manager, the Benitez departure has been on the cards for a while. People outside the club, you guys have been hinting that it's probably coming for a month or so. Ashley would have known that. Could he already have a new replacement lined up? He could have someone like Steve Bruce that he sees as the ideal replacement for that club. But he knows that you guys, having seen Benitez leave, want big names linked. They want Mourinho's linked. They want Mikel Arteta's linked. They want Ranieri's linked. And then suddenly, when those don't work, when he can't get those oh, moves over I the line, totally see Steve Bruce comes in. Neil Redfern's the, I just been appointed under 23 manager. I thought that was weird. What's interesting as well is that... The if, timing, you mean, is a bit strange with it all. Yeah, to, yeah. Like they've, they've, re, they've overhauled the academy completely, which is largely due to what Benitez wanted to do. If the takeover's real, why would they appoint someone? That's what I mean. I, I said if you give anyone a, a, a contract night, more than yeah. a year long, then the takeover's fanciful. You know that. Yeah. So there's the bigger issue. If the takeover's real, how are you going to go and get anyone with any quality to come in and work on a one-year deal max? It's absolutely mission critical to get this right. Yeah. We don't have a manager. Unless you want an We don't have a director of football. Players. Well, yeah. But then you're really gambling with your Premier League survival. If you're a fan of any other Premier League team, I apologise for this Newcastle rant over the last few minutes. You will be get back to normal Premier League service tomorrow. We'll have a podcast for you then covering off all the latest news from the league. But I remember probably 20 years ago, the one thing that was said about Newcastle and Newcastle United fans was Newcastle fans demand success. No, we don't. Well... 20 years ago, maybe that was the truth. What do you guys, what do you demand now? So if you could make one demand now for the future of your football club, what would it be? What do you expect now to happen over the next five years? Just that we that we try, we get everything in right and we have a go and we, we run properly. Nobody, like, we don't want a club that's successful. We want a club that tries and lives within its means and has, I, a, has a go. I completely agree. I don't want, like the, the team we've got now under Benitez was really admirable because they worked the bollocks off and they were, cohesive and they understood their roles and they probably achieved more than some of the pots which I think is class 
I'm not saying we need to be Man City. I'm not saying we need to be Liverpool. I'm not saying we need to be even Chelsea. But we should be f***ing Watford. We should be, be able to spend more than Bournemouth with 12,000 coming through the gate every week. We should be able to compete financially with Everton, West Ham. You know, West Ham have dropped 45 million on two players. Villa have dropped 25 million on a striker. Everton just, just come up. They nearly went to the wall. Million midfielder from yeah, Barcelona yesterday. You know, Villa were going to go to the wall six months ago, and now they've just dropped 25 million on Wesley Morris from Belgium. Hmm. We we should be able to, we should be able to do better than we're doing. And uh, let's let's be honest. As long as Sunderland are in the northeast, there's always a bigger laugh and stuff than, than Newcastle United. <laughs> Marley. Everyone watch it on Netflix, lads. Marley, Phil, Niall, thank you very much. That was Premier League Daily. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you get every single show as soon as it's ready, which will be every single day during the Premier League season. The only place you can get daily Premier League news. See you next time. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Manchester Football Social is evolving. You'll still be able to get all the latest opinions and news on Manchester United and City. But now as part of a daily Premier League podcast. All the big stories, gossip, laughs and highlights from the biggest league in the world. Discussed by real passionate football fans. And no footballing dinosaurs. You can join the evolution by searching Sports Social wherever you find your podcasts and hitting subscribe. And now find us on your Amazon smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social for daily news updates on your team. Sports Social, a voice for fans. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.